You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. Well, it looks like what everybody said about us is true, Patrick. You mean that we're attractive? No, that we're just kids. A couple of kids in way over their heads. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon. Uh, you're listening to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damn, the show where we take some of your favorite movies that you grew up watching, the ones you're nostalgic about, uh, the ones you have fond memories of, and we watch them objectively without the rose-colored glasses. Let you know, are these movies any good, or are you blinded by nostalgia? This week, we watch 2004's mostly animated adventure comedy, the SpongeBob SquarePants movie. <laughs> Why'd we do that? <laughs> What do you mean, why do we do that? I think everyone loves Spongebob, man. And a movie based on the popular television series? Bigger? Better? More absorbent? Oh, man. I mean, it was this... I don't think... Maybe you can make the argument for Family Guy, but as far as kids' cartoons... I don't think there was a single popular cartoon that was more popular than this one, I should say. Yeah, I mean, in case you're unfamiliar with the title, perhaps you were living underneath a rock or a pineapple under the sea. Pause for laughs. Are we going to do this the whole episode? This film is based on the Nickelodeon animated television series, SpongeBob SquarePants, which first aired over 20 years ago in 1999. Ew. Kill me now, man. Wow. 1999. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, did you have a favorite episode, man? Because I was racking my brain. I actually have the first, I think, four or five seasons of this show on DVD because I think the first three seasons are fucking out of this world. Some of the funniest animated TV you'll find ever because clearly they're going for kids, but also there's an adult market that that loves at least the earlier seasons of SpongeBob SquarePants. I've had to explain to many an adult that SpongeBob really, I feel like, was an adult show masked as a child's show. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. obviously, there were things for kids to enjoy, but there's so many other things that just, I, like, I found so much more of an appreciation of the older I got. Um, favorite episode? There's some really, really, really good ones. There's more moments to me that stick out in my head sure. than full episodes. And one of my favorite things, I think, was when they're trying to become adults, which is strange that this movie kind of follows that theme, but they're trying to be more adult-like, and at one point they start listening to freeform jazz. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not, a, that's, that's not a joke for children. <laughs> not at all, man. I, I was looking through some of my favorite, or at least the, like the highest rated episodes of SpongeBob and stuff like Graveyard Shift, I remember. Mm. I remember the, you remember the one about the doodle guy, Frankendoodle or whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, I do, yeah. Sailor Mouth where they're like cursing the entire thing, but it's hidden. Yeah, we had one DVD of SpongeBob for my younger sister, and I think it was like the first couple of episodes, or not couple of episodes, it was the first couple episodes of one, one of the seasons, I think season two. I remember there was one where... Uh, Plankton is a robot, Mr. Krabs, and stuff like that. Yep, yep. I love the one the one where they're selling chocolate bars, chocolate with nuts or whatever I think the episode was called. Oh, you know what? I think I think that's my favorite episode. It's so good. I think it chocolate! That, I, think, I think that's maybe the episode that like kind of tips the scales for that show where it's just like, you know what? This really isn't 
a normal cartoon. It's psychotic. Yeah. I think I settled my favorite episode, the one from mem- based on memory anyway, would be the one where they have to go into Sandy's treehouse where she's hibernating. And I think it's like snowball effect mm. or something like that. Man, oh man. There's some, I, I love the animation yeah. style to this show. I was, I've been a big fan and honestly, it's a show that I'll return to even in my adult years with a beer in hand or something. Cause they're just, some of those earlier episodes, hilarious. Oh dude, I love to, uh, you know, you know, you know, smoke a little, smoke a little <laughs> <laughs> and watch SpongeBob. It's like, it's perfect. It's hilarious I, yeah like, it, there really is if you haven't gone and watched spongebob i believe they're all on amazon prime um Oof, nice. for free under kids yeah under kids and i i highly recommend it if you were nostalgic about the show because jesus christ the show holds up as an adult it's funnier i think yeah, it started to veer once Hillenberg left, the creator, Stephen Hillenberg. Yeah. It sort of went more kid-friendly route, and it got a little crazy. I've seen, like, a few of the recent episodes. I, I can't remember exactly where. I was in a, uh, I think, the gym or a doctor's office or something where one of them was playing, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. This isn't the SpongeBob I remember. I think after the third season, that show really... Turns into something that I didn't like, <laughs> and of course we both had you know For younger sure. sisters. They were obsessed with this when the first when the show first came out. I was like eight, so it was right in my demographic, right in my wheelhouse anyway. So I grew up loving these. Mm-hmm. My parents, my mother specifically, however, not a fan of SpongeBob. <laughs> no. I, I caught a lot of shtick from, I think, my father specifically for watching SpongeBob. Why are you watching cartoons? And it's tough, you know. Yeah. It's tough to explain spongebob to parents and i think it's one of those shows and one of those characters that if you find the character annoying from the get-go you'll never get over it yeah exactly you'll never get over it it is what it is and my mom found this character very uh, very grating i'll say understandably so i think a lot of people feel that way (laughs) so like we mentioned uh, the show was created by marine science educator and animator steven hillenberg who passed away in i think 2018 sadly yeah fairly recently he was most known for his work with SpongeBob, but also directed many episodes of Rocco's Modern Life. He also co-directed this movie with Mark Osborne. Osborne would go on to co-direct Kung Fu Panda as well. He also directed Netflix's The Little Prince a couple years back. The movie has a 7.1 on IMDb and a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. It cost $30 million to make. It earned $85 million in the U.S. and $141 million worldwide placing 29th on the box office charts that year. In terms of animated movies, it earned less than Shrek 2, which was number one that year, as well as The Incredibles, Polar Express, and previous episode Shark Tale. But it did out-earn Home on the Range. Oh, fuck. (laughs) And Teacher's Pet. What? Which was a movie based on a Disney Channel show, I think. Brandon, I'm curious, though. We just spent a ton of time talking about the show. You and I, I don't think, mentioned a single thing about the movie. Did you actually, like, watch this movie when it came out oh yeah i saw this in theaters really it came out i think in november so we may have seen it a, uh, a couple weeks past because we each got a, got to pick a movie for our birthday i remember my sister's birthday's in december and mm-hmm. i remember it being her choice to see this movie and we may not have seen it had it not been a birthday selection sure. <laughs> but i loved it then and then i would then i got it on i think dvd later on back when they used to separate them by full screen and widescreen so now we got a fucking shit ton of full screen dvds i'll throw away but uh yeah i haven't seen this in probably a good 10 years but I, re- I remembered it like the fucking back of my hand as soon as it started playing. Wow. Uh, yeah, I uh, I did not see this in theaters. Um, again, I, I, I think at that time, if we were 
eight or nine when SpongeBob started, then we, by the time this came out, we would have been what, like 13? Yeah. Um, yep. So, yeah, it, it would have been past my demographic at that point, I think. But I did end up catching it, I think, on DVD or streaming or something like that. Um, and yeah, I, I, it was another long SpongeBob episode. I'm glad I didn't see it in theaters. Um, because I, I think I remember at the time being like, yeah, I had better things to do and more better things to spend money on, but you know, it's, it's an hour and a half long episode of SpongeBob. Yeah. I I think it, the further away you get from it, like myself, like I haven't watched the, the episodes of SpongeBob in probably, you know, a good few years, but like I said, I come back to a few of them every so often. Once the, the further you get from the SpongeBob movie, I think you start to appreciate spongebob the character itself and just that that world in a contained hour and a half as opposed to someone who grew up with the show like us who kind of is just playing like yeah it's just an hour and a half i think if you have no no association with the show and you were to just watch this movie for the first time i think you know it might you know completely blow your goddamn gourd you know i gotta tell you uh, the first thing that came into my mind when i was watching this today brandon was imagine being a parent and your kid has been begging you to go see this movie called the SpongeBob movie. You have no fucking idea what SpongeBob is. And then you have to sit through this movie and this is your first SpongeBob experience. And you're like, why is my kid obsessed with this fucking movie? Jesus Christ, what a confusing time for parents. Yeah, plus if you're stone cold sober there, ugh, I feel for you. Oh, this is a tough movie to watch sober. I, I will confess, I've seen this movie quite a few times uh, since it came out. Um, pretty recently, like I think I I think it's something I watch like once every six months or so, um, <laughs> and never sober ever 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 ever. I think this is the first time <laughs> since it came out I've watched this movie sober. So having become a cultural phenomenon by 2000, Paramount Pictures offered Hillenburg a movie deal many times, but he kept on refusing. He eventually accepted the deal for a film adaptation on the condition that it would serve as the series finale. But Nickelodeon then ordered more episodes of the series as it had become increasingly profitable by its third season. So Hillenberg resigned as showrunner with series writer Paul Tibbet taking his place. Didn't seem like there was any bad blood. He, he would yeah. go on to, I think, consult and, and review episodes, but he would just kind of stepped away from it. It seemed like he thought the show had peaked and he couldn't go. He couldn't really top it. So he put his heart and soul into this movie, I think, and then sort of distanced himself from the brand. I mean, yeah, and they did they have come out with a couple other movies and I I haven't seen Sponge Out of Water in its entirety. It was okay, if I remember, it wasn't great. But yeah, um you can definitely tell when he leaves the show cuz it takes a dip in quality and it's too bad because I didn't realize this was supposed to be a finale. I think it would have been a really really fine finale. Um and we'll get into why, but yeah, bummer most of his hesitation in doing a full length feature film is that he had recently saw movies like the iron giant and toy story, these classics of animation. And he became concerned with the challenge of SpongeBob and Patrick doing something more cinematically consequential and inspiring without losing what he calls the SpongeBob cadence. And he's got a pretty good quote here. It says to do a 75 minute movie about SpongeBob wanting to make some jellyfish jelly would be a mistake. I think this had to be SpongeBob in a great adventure. That's where the comedy's coming from. Having these two naive characters, Sponge SpongeBob and Patrick, a doofus and an idiot, on this incredibly dangerous heroic odyssey with all the odds against them. If if you want to get down to the hidden meaning of a lot of SpongeBob, that right there is just like these smart people running this show, man. For sure, and that's the appeal of the character that they're just dim wittedness. This is essentially fucking animated Dumb and Dumber when it comes down to it. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> The film stars the series' main cast members, so Tom Kenny is SpongeBob, Bill Fagerback is Patrick, 
Roger Bumpus as Squidward, Clancy Brown as Mr. Krabs, and Mr. Lawrence as Plankton. However, they did get some star power in here. We've got Alec Baldwin, Scarlett Johansson, and Jeffrey Tambor. Mm-hmm. There's also a live action star in the film, David Hasselhoff of Baywatch fame, uh, convinced by his daughter to take the role. I've read that a ton of a lot of the cameos that come in the SpongeBob show, because there's a million celebrities who have been in SpongeBob. If you look it up, they almost all of them are like, oh, my I'm doing it for my kid. My kid freaked out when they found out I was doing SpongeBob. <laughs> now, if you've seen the movie, you know that at one point Hasselhoff's body plays an important role. Yeah. The crew built a 750-pound, 12-foot replica of Hasselhoff. The $100,000 replica was kept at his home. Now, reportedly, not only did he keep the replica after the film was completed, when he was auctioning off memorabilia from his career, he pulled it from the sale last minute because he couldn't part with it, dude. He probably still fucking has the thing. That's fucking amazing. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) That's so funny. Holy shit. Now, you may remember some of the uh, marketing for this movie because Nickelodeon joined with Burger King for a 12-figure toy line based on the film. About 4,700 of these locations had a nine-foot-tall SpongeBob figure on their roof, which I remember. And then I also remember the flood of news stories because so many of those were stolen. (laughs) I don't remember that at all. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, man, because, again, I was a Burger King man over a McDonald's boy, for Uh, sure, when I was growing up. Uh, So, yeah, I frequented and like many animated films of its day, it did get the video game treatment. Okay. Yep. I do remember the video game coming out, did not play it, um, but interesting. I, I didn't know that about Burger King because I'm a fourth meal man, Ta- TB through and through. Wow, man. I mean, if you got a gun to my head, I'm probably picking Wendy's, but you know, whatever. Ugh, get out of here. Over Taco Bell? Give us money. You give money to Trump, we'll take your <laughs> And finally, there was a sequel in 2015, the SpongeBob movie, Sponge Out of Water. That one, very successful, earning $325 million worldwide. I'll say, not as good as this one. However, if you do decide that you want a beer in hand or maybe some herbal enhancements, that movie has some sequences that will fucking... Whoo, daddy. <laughs> that movie, there are sequences specifically tailored for acid trips in that movie. That movie's a little out of control. Isn't uh, Antonio Banderas in that movie? Fuck yeah, he is, man. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Anyway. And uh, we were supposed to get another sequel this year, the SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run, but due to the global pandemic, it was will supposedly be premiering on CBS All Access in 2021, another streaming service I can't wait to not use. <laughs> See Quibi. I gotta say, uh, they, give, they give that new SpongeBob movie the Charlie Brown treatment where the animation's more 3D uh, modeled. It doesn't look good at all. I mean, like, the movie itself. I, the animation looks fine. Well, I remember they actually had marketed the SpongeBob Sponge Out of Water movie as this big 3D CG spectacle when that scene is, like, maybe five minutes long when they when they're the when they're actually in that animated normally animated you know. it's, it's kind of like this movie was was highly marketed as like spongebob goes to shore and you're like oh i want to see him in the real world and then it's mostly an animated movie with a quick little you know five minutes on land he's on the beach for all of a minute <laughs> <laughs> all right man well let's get started uh the spongebob movie was rated pg for some mild crude humor and boy, howdy, does this movie have some, man. Yeah. I'm going to say this right off the bat, too, Brandon. I think we're going to have a little... I, I was a little worried going into this episode, and just watching the movie confirmed my assumption that this was going to be kind of a tough movie to explain and review, because I feel like half the gags and draw of this movie are visual. For sure. I'm going to mention a few of my favorites, but yeah, we're not going to go through this joke by joke. <laughs> but yeah, we open... 
in live action and I can do it without these every single time. Just give me a SpongeBob movie. I don't need a wraparound narrative with Antonio Banderas in the sequel or these fucking band of pirates in the beginning of this one. Just just start animated. <laughs> I you know what? I kind of enjoy the pirates at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, like, man. I don't know because I honestly during the show one of my favorite things was when Tom Kenny would be Patchy the Pirate. Dude, th- that was for my least favorite. I fucking hated Patchy the Pirate. No, I loved oh. I loved no, I'm a big I do have to I, I'm a huge Tom Kenny fan though Oh, he's phenomenal. Like, I, I could watch Tom Kenny. I could watch Tom Kenny do anything. I, I don't know. I, Except Patchy the no, Pirate. No, I think you have to go back and rewatch him because I think he's I think he's funnier <laughs> now. Oh, well this these this band of pirates spots one of their fellow grossos rowing aboard with a treasure chest in tow. Dingy off the port bow, they keep screaming, and what could possibly be in this chest, Zach? <laughs> it's tickets to the SpongeBob movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and wouldn't you know what they all break out in the theme song for the show this is why i like the live action sequences in spongebob because if you watch these guys first of all it's weirdly beautifully shot like there are some helicopter shots of this boat that are like really nice pirates of the caribbean shit yeah yeah it's really nice um but if you like zoom in and look at what some of these guys are doing they're just like going all in on just being as goofy as fucking possible it's funny so they arrive at a theater in modern day we zoom into the movie screen and for the rest of this we're basically just watching a movie within a movie as every episode begins we tilt down into the ocean to find ourselves in bikini bottom the popular eatery the crusty crab home of the wildly popular Krabby Patty. By the way, my computer kept wanting to autocorrect Krabby Patty to Keanu Pratt. So I guess my porn preferences have been revealed. Whoa. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> it was so weird. I was like, what? I Fucking even know Keanu what is. Pratt? What is that? Is that mean? a porn star? No, I just pictured like me putting in like Keanu Reeves and Chris Pratt porn. <laughs> oh, weird suggestion, Apple. Yeah, if you know a porn star named Keanu Pratt, have them write into the show. We want them on. <laughs> Yeah, or if you're going to take that, at least give us credit. Yeah. Throw us a few bones, but not the bone you make your money with. Ha. Yeah, no, it's a porn joke. You got it. Krabby Patty, dude, by the way, when I was a kid, I was fucking obsessed with these. I would have killed to I'd have had have one murdered of these No matter how gross they look. Sometimes they're sopped in grease. Sometimes they're like like diseased or expired. But when they wanted to present these things as appetizing, holy yeah. fuck. And it's... It's interesting because there is a cooking channel that I watch on YouTube called Binging with Babish, and he takes recipes from shows and movies that you see and recreates them. He's a Rochester, New York native. Shout out, 585. That's where I'm from. <laughs> but uh, he he made Krabby Patties, or what a version of what he thinks Krabby Patties are, and it's basically just a burger with Old Bay seasoning in it. Yeah, that'd probably about do it. Which doesn't sound great to me, but like the way he the way he presents it, it looks just like the training video episode of SpongeBob. It looks amazing. That's a great episode too. That ooh, that might be my favorite episode. And <laughs> no one knows what's in it. It's a running gag throughout the show that no one knows. But I thought in one episode it's revealed yeah. like it's seafood soylent green, basically. I don't know. It's never stated definitively. But the internet speculates cocaine. Really, cocaine? Interesting, because I've read. Old Bay seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> well, we open inside a dream SpongeBob's having in which he saves the day by applying a slice of cheese to a Krabby Patty. There's a SWAT standoff scenario. You got a name? Oh, Phil? You got a family, Phil? <laughs> I want you to do me a favor, Phil. Cheese. Say cheese. Yep, exactly. So good. You know, he's celebrated for being a great manager and we're blasted awake by the boat horn alarm clock. 
in every episode. Today's the opening of the Krusty Krab Crab. I, you know, it's funny because I was just watching an episode of American Dad where they mentioned a Chili's too, and it just reminded me that like we used to do this with some of these restaurants where they would just like make like a TGI Fridays two. It's like the same fucking thing. <laughs> It's just got. It's just like a little different. I love that it's within the same parking yeah, lot as the first location as well. Yeah, right next to each other. SpongeBob is pumped because he believes he'll be named manager of this restaurant. He's got 374 consecutive Employee of the Month awards, which means he must be working there for like 30 years <laughs> at least. You know, this is another question is how old SpongeBob is. I've like I've read that he's a teenager. I've read he's in his 30s. I don't know, dude. I, it's very confusing. <laughs> Huge discrepancy, and honestly, if I got this locked down, it might I might be able to understand SpongeBob more as a person. <laughs> yeah, it's very very odd because I always used to assume because he was in school, like boating school, like I made the assumption that he was like sixteen. But then he owns his own house. Like I don't know, it's weird. Exactly. I think when we meet him, maybe he is sixteen, and we watch him grow over the next. You know, however many years. I don't know. You know what? It's not worth thinking about. Not at all. But he gets ready for the day. Now, Zach, we have a real problem when trying to measure this film on the fart scale index, as there are a ton of fart sounds that don't relate to the bodily function. For instance, right here, when SpongeBob is showering, the soap is pushed through his porous body. There's a fart sound, not an actual fart. Tricky stuff here. We're we're wading in untested waters. It's uh, you know what? Maybe fart sounds. Maybe a quarter, or maybe it's another half a fart joke. So. Yeah, we're going to have to have a meeting afterwards to conclusively decide on uh, what this, uh, where this ranks. But Yeah, we'll get back to you exactly how many fart jokes SpongeBob has. We do see his butt crack for a second. We do. You mentioned some of the great visual gags. One of my favorite is here when he has, obviously SpongeBob's got buck teeth, so he has a toothbrush that's specifically set up to just brush two teeth so it's evenly spaced apart. His yeah. toothpaste container is also shaped the same way, so it spreads the paste on in one even go evenly. Then he holds it up to his teeth, but instead he just shoves the brush into his eyes and starts scrubbing. So weird. <laughs> Such a weird... Sh- it's all twinkling. It's so dumb. Yeah. It's- I just like... Oh my God. Cleanliness is next to managerialness. I just like all the faces. Like, it, I could just go back and watch every character just making different faces in this movie, not paying attention to anything. Now, as a kid, I assume most of us including myself, sided with SpongeBob in his childlike innocence, his curiosity. I gotta say, as an adult, man, I side with Squidward on almost everything now. (laughs) I am Team Squidward on everything now. Honestly, SpongeBob's an asshole. (laughs) Squidward is just trying. Squidward is just trying to get by. Yeah, he can't take a fucking shower without this guy breaking in to scrub him down, let alone how this shower works underwater. But Squidward tentacles, he's his next door neighbor. He likes art fine dining, and playing his clarinet. He's also in a constant state of self-pity and misery and longs to be famous and for a full head of hair. I get it. I mean, yeah, I understand. (laughs) He understandably kicks SpongeBob out. We're introduced to his best friend, another neighbor, Patrick Starr, the starfish who is essentially the village idiot of Bikini Bottom. They plan to go to their all-time favorite party place, Goofy Goober's Ice Cream Party Boat, to celebrate after his promotion. And we get a taste of that tasty Goofy Goober song here. Take a shot every time you hear this song in this movie. I'm a Goofy Goober. Yeah, they're bouncing on their jiggly butt cheeks <laughs> up and down. Cut to the news report on the opening of the second restaurant, which is, like I said, literally next door. The whole town is there, as is the manager, Mr. Krabs. Clancy Brown himself 
who I don't know if you know this, Zach, he likes money. I used to, when I was a kid, I used to think like their wage system was just off that like a two bucks was like worth a shit ton of money to them. It, it only later in life did I realize, no, Mr. Krabs is just a miser. <laughs> like he's just fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. They were trying to teach you the inner workings of capitalism as a young kid, and I was just looking past it. Go back and watch some of the episodes. Like, what he does is truly, like, kind of funny. Everyone's having a blast at this opening ceremony, except for Mr. Krabs' next-door neighbor, business competitor, and arch-nemesis, Plankton, who is, I think, my favorite character on the show, largely due to Mr. Lawrence's voice acting performance. This guy, it's almost every other line he gets a laugh out of me. He's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, he delivers his lines perfectly. (laughs) He really does. His restaurant, The Chum Bucket, run by he and his robot wife, Karen. I like in the time of these memes that we keep getting constantly that his wife is named Karen, by the way. It is funny. (laughs) That restaurant's never had a single customer. Huge laugh I got here, Plankton out of frustration, just grunting and straining out of stress and anger. His veins almost bulging and popping. He's just like, oh! That's a pretty classic SpongeBob trope is just like sticking on weird noises and faces for like a little bit, like repetition equals comedy. Yeah, yeah, and it works. There's a few of these that really fucking make me laugh, man. Plankton spent his entire career trying to steal the secret formula for the Krabby Patty, exhausting his entire catalog of evil plans from A to Y. What about Z, Karen asked. <laughs> Forgot about Z. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you know it, he never checked plan Z. And as he starts looking over this file, he's drooling and sweating and it flips open like he's looking at a Playboy centerfold. <laughs> it's evil. It's diabolical. It's lemon-scented. Yeah, that... uh, so he swears he'll have that formula by tomorrow as SpongeBob crushes him. <laughs> yeah, he crushes him as he's running by and then scrapes his shoe against the pavement. Again, I love these sound effects of him yeah. just screaming in pain. But at the ceremony, Squidward is actually named manager. And SpongeBob pulls a Zoolander almost beat for beat. Yeah. Where he's, he goes up and makes starts an acceptance speech and then just repeats that like he's making an ass out of himself into the microphone. The most embarrassing thing you've ever seen? <laughs> the most embarrassing thing? <laughs> Oh, and Mr. Krabs explains he didn't get the job because he's too immature. You're just a kid. I guess, but you know, you're welcome for the fucking three decades of service, asshole. Yeah, he's also just like an immaculate employee. Yeah, the best fry cook the, you know, C's ever known, but he's not management material, so he wanders off all depressed and shit. We get a quick shot of Patrick's naked butt cheeks with a flag in between his ass. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Later that evening, Plankton is putting Plan Z into effect, starting at the undersea castle of King Neptune, voiced by Jeffrey Tambor. He's an intense, forceful ruler, about to execute the royal crown polisher for touching his crown. Yeah. <laughs> and his daughter, Princess Mindy, uh, this is Scarlett Johansson, she, you know, she defies him often, much more interested in love and compassion, wants to be a gentler ruler. While he's trying to convince her she's pretty, you know, he's trying to gaslight her, Plankton sneaks in and steals the crown. Yeah. Uh, not huge fans of these characters, by the way. I feel like, I feel it just kind of ruins the pacing a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm so used to these other side characters, or these other characters and the energy that is brought in by some of these voice actors and these characters and then you get to people that you've never seen before and they're not really they're really more like plot elements than they are you know good characters i just feel like it ruins 
the flow of SpongeBob. I agree. There are some funny bits involving these characters, and Jeffrey Tambor specifically does some yeah. wonderful yells, and it's a pretty fun voice performance. Yes, but I'll agree that like because we spend so much time with these characters, we don't see. We don't see Sandy really at all. We don't see Mrs. Puff or Gary. Squidward gets sidelined. It's really just yeah. Patrick and SpongeBob, and then these two characters for the most part. Even Mr. Krabs after after a while gets sidelined too. Yeah, it's weird that Plankton really is, I guess, the third <laughs> the third one who gets the most screen time anyway after these two. Yeah, it's a little disappointing. Slightly, I'll agree. But we cut to SpongeBob drowning his sorrow at Goofy Goobers, everyone's favorite underwater peanut. <laughs> It's a stupid mascot. This is my favorite scene in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Because Patrick comes in, you know, and Patrick isn't aware that SpongeBob didn't get made manager. And as SpongeBob's leaving to go, he gets some enormous ice cream sundae. And so they they just start eating ice cream. And it's implied on this joke that they're fucking getting wasted. (laughs) Yeah, shit-faced on ice cream. They start getting belligerent with the waiter and their words are getting slurred and everything. They go up on stage and hijack the the microphone and (laughs) SpongeBob's acting really... Like, this is funny to me, just like them, like... This is something you've never seen on the show, like SpongeBob getting hammered. They couldn't have done this on Nickelodeon. At one point, he grabs Patrick's tits really hard and he pulls them and then they recoil all wrinkled and deflated. (laughs) It's just fucking ridiculous. ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They black out. And <laughs> they do. Yeah. And they wake up fucking hungover the next morning, all disgusting looking. The animation for hungover SpongeBob is so funny. <laughs> yeah. I've been there, my friend. Yeah. I feel it. Squidward, meanwhile, is getting taught the ropes as Mr. Crab spots King Neptune and Wendy arriving at the Krusty Crab. Neptune believes Krabs to be the perpetrator of the crime and demands his crown be relinquished. The damning evidence, by the way, a note left behind by Plankton that states, I stole your crown, signed Eugene Krabs. And then Plankton also calls in from a payphone. I was like, hey, thanks for selling me that crown. Neptune's crown. Uh, When Jeffrey Tambor exclaims, my crown is in the forbidden shell city, and then just proceeds to wail towards the heavens screaming, I fucking laughed so hard out loud. He's just screaming up into the sky. It's so weird. weird, I know, but it's like Tim and Eric for fucking kids. It's just wildly out of nowhere, out of left field shit. Why is he screaming like this? Why does he care so much about his crown? Just fucking bananas. (laughs) And the reason, because he's going bald, it's thinning, thinning. And uh, there's this whole running gag where he, like, the the crown's removed from his head for a second, and everyone's like, bald, bald, my eyes. (laughs) My eyes. Gets me every time. Not a single my leg joke in this. That's true. Sad. SpongeBob convinces Neptune to spare Krabs' life if he himself will go to Shell City to retrieve the crown. Mindy steps in, begs her father to show some mercy, so he gives him 10 days, but then Patrick, like an idiot, negotiates his way down to six days somehow. (laughs) And uh, Mr. Krabs is ultimately frozen, and Mindy gives Patrick and SpongeBob a bag of winds that will blow them back here as soon as they find the crown, basically so we don't have to see the journey back home. (laughs) Which, you know, is never shown in movies. No, it's fine. Imagine fucking Lord of the Rings. We got another one where Frodo and the boys just walk back home after throwing the ring away. That ain't gonna happen. All right, let's do it. <laughs> boop, up, boop, boop, here we go. <laughs> the first act is up, by the way. So the plot set in motion. I checked the time bar. There's exactly one hour left in the movie at this point, and it's a yeah. road movie. They set this out like almost perfectly, the three-act structure, and here we go. We're, they're setting off to find Neptune's crown. 
They get their hands on a paddy wagon, a cheeseburger car that's used for promotional purposes. You don't need a license to drive a sandwich. Yeah, you don't need a license to drive a sandwich because that is that is the first thing you think of if SpongeBob gets behind the wheel of a car is like, wait a second, I know you can't drive. <laughs> Meanwhile, Plankton comes in to steal the formula while Krabs is frozen in place, easily able to walk off with the secret recipe. We cut back to SpongeBob and Patrick as they're arriving at the county line to stop for gas. There's these two yokel assholes in trucker hats and overalls who literally slap their knees and strangle each other after each joke. <laughs> so stupid. They tell him, you won't last 10 seconds over the county line. And they're almost proven immediately, right? They drive the car over and immediately they're carjacked. And they're like, how long was that? 12? And they're like, oh, fuck you then, buddy. Go off on a victory dance. <laughs> Plankton has started selling Krabby Patties at the Chum Bucket. Huge success. He's finally interviewed by Perch Perkins on live TV. Uh, he tells the news that Krabs told him the secret formula just before he was frozen on his deathbed or whatever. Don't let the flame die out. He, uh, Mr. Lawrence is giving an amazing performance. It's so good. And uh, he's also giving out free mind control helmets with every purchase. Karen tells her husband that SpongeBob and Patrick are off to find the crown, but Plankton's way ahead of her because thanks to Plan Z, he's already hired a vicious, cold-blooded predator to hunt down those idiots. He's a badass on a motorcycle, and his name is Dennis. And this is Dennis will be eventually played by Alec Baldwin. <laughs> That's right, man. And you know what? This character, I'll commend him for this. He's wearing a mask. That's right. <laughs> I think everybody else should. <laughs> SpongeBob and Patrick come across their car in the parking lot of a biker boat bar, the Thug Tug, but they have to go inside to get the keys. They chicken out at first, so they go to like hide out in the bathroom, and SpongeBob discovers that the soap dispenser blows bubbles, so they both have this fucking like time of their life in a little bubble party, and one of the bubbles- Weird bubble party in the bathroom. <laughs> floats into the bar, the music all shuts off, and one guy's super pissed. Hey, you know the rules! And everyone in unison's like, all bubble-blowing babies will be beaten senseless by every able-bodied patron in the bar. <laughs> so then they make everybody line up because they know how to weed out <laughs> babies. And they start playing <laughs> the Goofy Goober song because no baby can resist singing along to the Goofy Goober song. DJ, turn it up louder! <laughs> and the faces SpongeBob and Patrick are making... <laughs> <laughs> trying to, to stifle their singing. It's so fucking funny. I love this animation so uh, much. I'm a goofy goober, yeah. <laughs> and then two weirdly, like, conjoined twins. <laughs> yeah, out of nowhere, bust in singing because they can't control themselves, and they're beaten presumably to death. <laughs> I would I would imagine. And SpongeBob and Patrick get away scot-free with the key to their car and drive off. The next morning, Squidward's living the life with no SpongeBob. He's going on a bike ride throughout town, only to find everyone in these weird chum bucket helmets. Where is everyone getting that horrid headgear? <laughs> now, I do relate to Squidward, but not when he's being bougie like that. <laughs> so he hits to the chum bucket to confront Plankton. Squidward, I think he's got to figure it all out, but Karen activates all the brain-controlling devices, all the buckets clamped down on the heads of the Bikini Bottom residents, effectively turning them all into zombies. They're all just like saying, all hail Plankton. And, you know, you get it. They're, on all of the characters that we've neglected to see this whole movie, Gary, Sandy, you know, they're all, once again, just kind of shut out of the movie by being turned into uh, one of these hordes of zombies. But along their way, we cut back to Patrick and SpongeBob. They find a free ice cream stand surrounded by, like, a boneyard. He literally has to wade through skulls to get there. <laughs> uh, Patrick, like, almost figures it out, but then doesn't. 
<laughs> yeah, at the last minute, yeah. The old lady behind the counter, though, that's no lady at all. She's part of the tongue of this giant monster beast that chases their sandwich car off a cliff, resulting in it being eaten by an even bigger monster, to which SpongeBob and Patrick's reaction became a meme that I see quite often now. <laughs> Them just sitting there with their mouths agape, yeah. That's true. There's a couple of memes that come out of this movie. Yep, I guess that's how we measure quality now. Fuck this fucking world. Yeah. So they have to cross this trench to get to Shell City, but it's filled with monsters and it's too scary for them. This is man's country and we're kids. SpongeBob goes off on Patrick and he's just like, you're wearing, you're a kid, all right? You're obsessed with a fucking talking peanut. Look at your underwear. You're wearing the same underwear. And he pulls his pants down to reveal the goofy goober underwear. The, the, the image of Patrick just like scuffling away with his pants around his ankles and him falling down. SpongeBob's yeah. like, pull your pants up, Patrick. <laughs> And then Patrick gets super horny when Mandy shows up. That's right, dude. Yeah, he's super into Mindy. She comes along via seahorse carriage. Mindy. And she shows them a clamshell with a vision of the present. It's no longer Bikini Bottom. It's now Planktopolis. And there are monuments of Plankton. The residents are now slaves. Ugh. Mindy explains, you don't need to be a man. You just got to believe in yourself. But even that doesn't work. So she just lies to them, saying that she has mermaid magic, that she'll just turn them into men. So she slaps some kilt mustaches on them, and that's enough to convince them they're fucking badasses. So they just, now believing they're invincible, jump off a cliff. Ridiculous. <laughs> and somehow they're not killed. Just jump off a cliff. They land safely by accident at the bottom of this trench, which looks like a fucking sci-fi apocalypse. And uh, we get the Now That We're Men song. Don't need it, honestly. So, now, SpongeBob has had great songs in the past. This is not one of them. The song's not all that great, but I cannot do without this sequence because this gives us my loudest laugh in the movie. At one point, they're just narrowly escaping all this stupid danger. All these big monsters are coming in. At one point... Patrick gets lifted up into this monster's hand, both of them are, and they just start slap dancing, like slapping their knees and their feet and their hands and stuff, and all the monsters just kind of stop. But when one of the monsters like gestures to his other friend to come over to see what's happening, <laughs> dude, I fucking lost it laughing so hard. It's, it's so, so stupid. It is. It is. There's a literally a full minute of them just slap dancing or whatever, and they're all just like so impressed that they escort them out. Now they're all friends. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, whoa, these guys. <laughs> Uh, so they finally made it to Shell City, but just as they're about to enter, they finally run into Dennis. <laughs> he rips the mustaches off their faces. I thought you still had a piece of salad stuck on your lips from lunch. This is what a real mustache looks like. <laughs> he pulls his band down, bandana down, just grunts really hard, the mustache grows. He also reveals uh, that Plankton was the one that stole the crown, but it's like, doesn't matter. I mean, like, it, it literally doesn't doesn't matter at all because just as he's about to crush spongebob and patrick a bigger boot steps on dennis it's a scuba diver but they believe it to be a cyclops i believe so he scoops him up in his hands and they wake up in a fishbowl in our world as they're taking a look around they realize that it's not just a fishbowl it's a gift shop and this this made me laugh a little bit because the scuba diver is in this gift shop still in his scuba gear he's like laughing like maniacally as he takes these like <laughs> So if I can get a little critical here, I think one of the main fallbacks for this movie to me is that when I watch an episode of SpongeBob, there's a lot of jokes for older people and adults. I didn't get as many of those in this movie, I feel like. I feel like it was much more geared towards kids, which makes sense because, you know, it's, you know, it's a different demographic that you're trying to aim for when you're specifically drawing in children to the movie. So I get that. But the one adult joke that did stick out with me here that made me laugh really hard, I don't care 
if it's stupid, but um, he puts Google eyes on a clam and a little top hat and turns it around. And SpongeBob goes, he made he put googly eyes on it to make Alexander Clam Bell. <laughs> So stupid, stupid, dude. Yeah, he's making all so these dumb. dioramas. They're scooped out. They're thrown on this table, and they start baking under a heat lamp, slowly shriveling up and dying. Yeah. And as they cook, yeah, they realize that they that this actually is Shell City. It's the name of the gift shop. And so once they spot Neptune's crown, despite knowing that they're going to die, they kind of are like, you know what? We did all right for a couple of goofballs as they start to cry. It's like the fucking Toy Story 3 incinerator scene. Um, and they, they sing the Goofy Goober song one last time, and they dry up into an actual sponge and a starfish. Then we cut to the pirates in the fucking theater sobbing for a second. This part I didn't need. I, I was okay not having this part. I will give you that. I did like the line it produced. He like looks at the screen, and because their tears has formed a heart, he's like, it be the tear of the Goofy Goobers, which may be the dumbest line in cinema history. Can you imagine that actor? <laughs> What's my line for today? It be the tear of the goofy goobers. Jesus. Back in the movie, yeah, the, their tear forms a heart and short circuits the light. The smoke triggers the sprinkler system, soaking Patrick and SpongeBob in life to rapturous applause in the theater audience. All of the animals, though, around the entire gift shop are turning into, like, cartoons, which is a terrifying idea. Yeah. And they beat the shit out of the Cyclops. <laughs> yeah, probably to death, presumably. So SpongeBob and Patrick set off with the crown, but Patrick, because he's an idiot, releases the bag of winds too soon. So we believe at this point, oh shit, all hope is lost. Who should appear, Zach? David Hasselhoff. <laughs> In slow motion, obviously, dude. Yeah. And he offers them a ride. So they just ride him like a boat or fucking jet ski. Yeah, but Dennis appears too, and they end up fighting. He finally catches up with them. There's a fight on his, like, ass cheek for a bit. He gets stabbed in the butt cheek. Really detailed leg hair all over Hasselhoff's chiseled thighs and calves. He looks great. For his age, he certainly does. This is before, yeah, he had that weird cell phone video or whatever that went viral. Yeah. Oof. But Dennis approaches, you got guts, kid. Too bad I gotta rip him out of ya. And he's taken out, though, by a boat as Hasselhoff passes underneath it. Meanwhile, King Neptune is tired of waiting. He's gonna fucking kill crabs. Just then, Hasselhoff uses his pecs to flex, shoot, and propel Patrick and SpongeBob to the Krusty Krab, too, in a matter of seconds. So weird. <laughs> yeah, they arrive just in time to deflect the trident blast. Neptune is ecstatic to have his crown back. But Plankton hasn't given up yet. He traps Neptune in one of his mind control buckets. The zombie horde breaks in and corners Mindy, Patrick, and SpongeBob. And it's at this moment, he uh, SpongeBob realizes, you know what? He really is a kid inside. And he gives this speech as fog starts to settle in. And Pat Plankton's like, what's happening? I don't understand. And he blasts the Goofy Goober song set to Twisted Sisters, I Wanna Rock. I forgot that this was the climax to this film. It's so stupid. It's like, it's honestly like, it's one of the worst climaxes in movie history. It really is. Like, and I get that it's supposed to be funny. I'm a goofy goober, rock! It, and I get it's supposed to be funny and it's supposed to be like, you know, what exactly are you expecting out of this? But I, I felt so let down. <laughs> he delivered, how do you, what do you mean, dude? He's delivering a can't hardly wait climactic rock performance. Uh, nah, I don't think so, man. <laughs> Only his performance has the power of rock, which defeats evil, dude. Obviously, he's able to generate some sort of electrical surge from his guitar, which frees all the residents from the bucket helmets. 
everyone's losing their minds. Karen's crowd surfing. Neptune's freed as well. And Plankton gets trampled by the crowd. He's scraped off the ground by a shovel and thrown in jail. Mm. <sighs> Neptune tells Mindy how proud he is of her, unfreezes crabs and apologizes. Mr. Krabs then demotes Squidward and gives SpongeBob the manager position. But SpongeBob tells everyone he has something to say but he doesn't know how to put it. And then Squidward chimes in with what we think is maybe the moral of the whole movie. He's like, I think I know what it is. Yeah. After going on your life-changing journey, you now realize you don't want what you thought you wanted. What you really wanted was inside you all along. Which is really like the essence of growing up and, you know, adjusting to like what life throws at you. Uh, but no, that's not the, <laughs> that's not what it is. SpongeBob just wanted to tell everyone that Squidward's fly was down. And... Uh, <laughs> Are you crazy? This is the greatest day of my life. And he grabs the name tag, jumps in the air, freeze frame, and we end to fucking Ocean Man by Ween. Love it. Yeah, and a couple of pictures of SpongeBob, which, you know, are a lot more touching knowing that it, this was supposed to be the finale of SpongeBob, like, yes. living it up as a manager and, like, excelling, which I think if they had ended SpongeBob on that note, perfect series of television. Beautiful send-off. There is a post credit sequence where the pirates are forced out of the theater once the movie has ended. Didn't see initially, but I saw this time. I will admit I've never seen it because I, why yeah. the fuck would I ever sit through the credits of this hey, movie? Hey, <laughs> after missing the alien abduction in Can't Hardly Wait, I've, I've got to watch through the credits to make sure there's nothing I'm missing from now on. Fair enough, yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, I think I'm going to be a little more kind to this than you are, Zach. So I want to hear your thoughts on well, it. Well, I, I don't think I'm going to be as nasty as you think. I think it's, I have to start off right away just by saying if you're not a fan of SpongeBob or never have been a fan of SpongeBob, there's no fucking chance in hell you like this movie. Like, not a chance in the world you like this movie. This was such fan service. Yep. And, and I think that makes it a little tougher for us to grade it because I was a fan of SpongeBob. You're a fan of SpongeBob. So when I think of this movie, to me, it's just, you know, watching another episode of SpongeBob. If I were to watch it objectively or a little bit more objectively, you know, the characters are grading. It's kind of a hollow plot. It's got moments of real slow, boring nothingness going on. Not all the jokes land. <laughs> That said, if you're if you know what you want out of SpongeBob, it's got all of it. It's got the goofy animation, it's got phenomenal voice acting, it's got stupid, stupid jokes that have no right to be in anything, but there they are, which makes it funny. You know, I it's definitely not great. Um, I think out of every movie that has been converted into a Nickelodeon movie, because they did this for their shows. There's a Hey Arnold movie. There's a Rugrats movie, several Rugrats movies. They, they did this with a bunch of their shows. Um, I think this one is one of the better ones. Maybe not the best. I think the Rugrats movie, stay tuned, but I think that's a little better. I think... I, 68 is probably right about where it deserves. I don't think it's phenomenal. I think um, you lose a lot of the charm when you're stretching this over 75 minutes, but I, it's there. I think there's a lot to enjoy if you were nostalgic about SpongeBob. That being said, I think it's probably a little bit better of an idea to just go back and watch it if you're really craving it. I hear you. Yeah, I mean, I think though, for like laugh for laugh, this is maybe one of the funniest movies we've covered on this podcast. I laugh more consistently at this. I would agree from start to finish than I did even like many comedies released last year. The sight gags are hilarious. 
the voice acting, like you said, perfect. The comic timing is on point. Mm -hmm. I just thought this was a colorfully animated blast of like fucking manic fun. I had so much fun watching this movie. And I, I again, I hadn't seen it in a few years, so maybe that's where it's coming from. And sure. again, I've had that distance from the show to just really watch this as just a single singular movie. For me, it, it didn't drag really ever. I got to say for every joke that is a dud, there's at least like one or two that exact minute that will have you laughing again. So it's like an airplane style rapid fire jokes. Again, a lot of them, Agreed. maybe too many of them are geared towards kids for my liking. But I think overall, man, I really enjoyed this. Is this an animated classic? No, no. You know, it lacks it lacks the broad appeal, I think, to be considered an all timer. But I mean, it's specific charms are what I like about it. Mm -hmm. It's a it's an animated Dumb and Dumber, like we said. It, it, your mileage may vary in terms of if you find these characters annoying or grating. And like you said, if you didn't like the show, don't even fucking bother watching this. Yeah. But I think it's worth a watch for kids today. There's still a lot I think they'd find funny. There's There are pop culture references, but it's not all pop culture references that would go over kids' heads today. But even more so, I recommend those around our age to revisit this one with some herbal enhancements or a beer or two. It's one of the funniest animated movies, I think, of its decade. I'll go as far as to say from 2000 to 2010, I think this is one of the funniest ones. I'm going a little higher than critics. I think I'll give it like a 79, dude. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a real fun time with this one. No, I agree with you. I definitely think it's one of the funnier movies we've watched on this podcast for sure, because we've watched some dud comedies in the past. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And the problem I think I have with this movie for our show is that it is so specific to a group of people. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's... Agreed. It, this is not going to be universally loved by anybody. I mean, you could they could have made a perfect movie. Just the idea that it's SpongeBob, it's not going to land with everybody. So I think it's really tough. Um, for us to sit here and give a completely unbiased approach at this movie. Um, you know, a lot of the humor that people enjoy from SpongeBob is very specific, too. Kind of like what you said. It's like Tim and Eric for kids. It is th That is very, very specific humor that does not land with everybody. <laughs> completely understandably, too. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's one of the most enjoyable movies we've watched on this show but definitely one of the harder ones to give it a review. Agreed, man. Well, all right. Well, next week we're going to 2002. Before we get into that, because it's a doozy. Oh, boy. Uh, yep. Did you have anything oh, that God. you watched? I know you're deep into sports. Uh, yeah, baseball started. Again. Baseball, yeah. uh, and, I've got, and I've got MLB TV, which means I've got every baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> so baseball, that's what I've been watching. I recommend baseball. Baseball's fun. Well, I had... Uh, two movies one that i wanted to recommend and one that i did not want to recommend the recommend oh, no. is calvary starring brendan gleason oh. it's actually directed by one of the mcdonough brothers fucking solid movie man uh it's not available streaming anywhere as far as i know but i love the guys my, john michael mcdonough and martin mcdonough mm -hmm. who he did in bruges and three billboards I love that movie, man. I've seen it once before, but oh, rewatching it again, man. I watched that movie so with you. So good. I, I was going to say, I know I'd seen it once before. Yeah. I hadn't seen it in a good couple of years, but yeah. goddamn, Chris O'Dowd. We watched it yeah. together. Yeah, that yeah. movie is fantastic. I so recommend good. that too. It's it's really good. And then I uh, wanted a hate watch, man. A first time hate watch for Grown Ups 2. <laughs> oh, I saw that popped up on your Voodoo account. You watched it, huh? <laughs> Yikes. Dude, it was like super cheap. It was like four dollars. I was like, I wanna, I wanna hate myself. That's four dollars too much, buddy. Dude, it opens with a deer pissing in Adam Sandler's mouth. Yeah, 
I'm well aware. That's the first scene. I know. Oh, and I'm it well aware. Grows from there, dude. Dude, I used to. You need to watch it. I used to run movies in college, and uh, grown. Up, oh no, Grown Ups One. I think was the one that we used to show. Never mind. Shut up. Oh yeah, that's got some pee jokes as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't <laughs> need to be schooled on fight. I don't know why you do that to yourself, but yeah. Okay, there you go. So cavalry, a masterful <laughs> movie that is really complex and amazing. <laughs> And grown-ups, too. Um, so, thank you, thank you as always, Brandon. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, well, next week we'll have you to thank for this because yeah. you were pretty adamant. You were excited when this popped up on uh, HBO Max, correct? We actually had a movie picked out, and I had to call Brandon and just be like, no, we're changing <laughs> our plans. Um, <laughs> we're going back to another Nickelodeon movie. We're doing back-to-back Nickelodeon movies, <laughs> dipping back into the well uh, for 2002's clock stoppers <laughs> dude i was obsessed with this trailer i can't remember seeing this trailer a lot and be like this looks like the coolest fucking yeah. movie they could ever make bro <laughs> dude i the concept blew my mind when it came out it was i was like what they stopped like they could just yeah. walk around <laughs> i was like no fucking way <laughs> like so and i have not seen it since so no, it yeah. is going to be I, this will be true, like, holy fuck. Yeah, 15, 17 what? years it must be since I've seen this movie. Legit, I saw it the year it came out and not a single time Easily. since. <laughs> Easily. I saw it in the, I saw it in theaters uh, I haven't seen it since. But you know what I have seen is those X-Men sequels, and they seem to fucking rip off Clockstoppers every Quicksilver chance they can get. Oh, fuck, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's why I hate those X-Men movies. There'd be no X-Men Days of Future Past. Yeah, without yeah, these fucking shitty Days of Future Past movies <laughs> just stealing fucking Clockstoppers. <laughs> gonna kill you. If, if if you're not familiar with Clockstoppers, it's on HBO Max. Uh, watch it at your own risk because I don't know how it holds up. Um, but it's about a guy who like gets a watch that stops time for everybody except for him so he can walk around and do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, yikes. There's so much to talk about next week. I'm legitimately excited. I don't think it'll hold up, but I think it'll be fun. (laughs) Should be a fun time, no doubt. Uh, If you'd like more episodes of the show, check out our website. That's nbd.podbean.com. Podbean is our original hosted site. You can also find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I think we're on Google Play and I don't know, I other don't know. ones too. iHeartRadio. <laughs> iHeartRadio. Give us money. Um, please, 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 as always, write us a review and share with a friend. You can also follow us on social media sites Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, MySpace, uh, Grinder, Tinder, <laughs> Bumble. Um, How many more can he go? How many more can he go? Uh, Google Maps. Farmersonly.com. Farmersonly.com. Christian Mingle. <laughs> Adult Friend Finder. <laughs> J-Date. J-Date. Yeah, just oh, search man. Nostalgia Be Damned in any of those. We'll pop up. We're there. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. Ooh, Phoebe's Barks. Phoebe's Bark. Yeah, that's always the, that's time. the time of the, to end the episode. <laughs> it's, like the fu- it's like the fucking school bell. Yeah, All right. That's our hook. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, be good people. Wash them hands. Wear your fucking masks. <laughs> As always, have a good one.